0: Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm your host, Steve Kramer Kramer Basketball on the Coach's Edge, and we're going solo episode today on one of my favorite topics, shooting the basketball, particularly focusing on extending your range. Everybody's talking about shooting threes, spacing the floor. Uh, It's all fine and dandy, but you have to be able to knock those shots down. So can you help your team extend that range out comfortably and for those high-level players even be able to get them to shoot the basketball if they're a high school player. All right, we want to start making sure they're transitioning easily to shooting that college three uh, as they continue to develop and get older so they can reach some of their goals. So extending range, shooting the basketball, one of the most common things that I get the chance to teach and I get asked about throughout our summer camps as we are in the midst of our summer camp tour right now Um, It's really shooting, it's attacking the defense and handling against pressure as the top two things that I'm asked to uh, work with players on. And then after that, it's the request is uh, probably finishing and decision making are kind of tied for, you know, three and four, somewhere around there. I'd say those are the big, the big four keys uh, for the summer. So we're shooting the basketball and it's been a while since we did an episode. I'm really excited to share with you the four main things that I think of when it comes to giving a player the tools, the keys, to be able to extend their range without sacrificing their form without with, while making sure that they can still make those shots at a high level. And if they can continue to focus on these four characteristics, not only are they going to extend their range, but they're going to be consistent with all types of shots that they're shooting. So before we dive into these, let's get to the sponsor.
1: Before we get into our interview, we'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving mid-Michigan and the Thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. They also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles with one of the largest selections of trucks in the state, they are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin, our truck country. Stop in and see them today and I can tell you from firsthand experience they will get you right. When I lived in Ohio I still went all the way up to Standish because I knew they were going to take care of me when it came to getting a new vehicle. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service.
0: Okay and we're back. Thanks for checking out this episode on extending your shooting range. A lot of teams are trying to shoot more threes right now, looking at the analytics of the game and saying, okay, well, I mean, if we make 33% of our threes, that's the same as shooting 50% from two. If we can get that team shooting percentage to, to 35 or 36 and start to creep up there as a team, that's a pretty high percentage to be shooting from from the field. And so when it comes to extending that range, there's a few main things that I've picked up over the years that can really help us when it comes to extending that range out, and man, do I wish I knew some of these things when I was younger, and I'll be able to give you in this episode uh, different examples of how I tweaked and changed my shots throughout my upbringing as an athlete, okay, Um, and and so to give you a little, little bio history before we get into those four keys, I was below average height, size, strength, speed, you name it, Coming up as an athlete, you've probably heard me share that a handful of times in some other episodes. And so, uh, coming up, it was really difficult for me, especially being a point guard who didn't have you know much quickness, didn't have a whole lot of finishing ability. It was really important for me to be able to shoot the basketball, which I could, but because I was so weak, I had a lot of that left thumb in there, so I had some side spin on the shot. And for good or, or for bad or whatever your philosophy is. I really did have a, a one motion shot. I had a one motion shot throughout junior high. And my dad, who was a really good high school player, had the chance to play college basketball had he chosen to do that. And he had very much your traditional 80s, 90s type jump shot where it's more two motion. You explode up and then you shoot the ball out. And so, um, he was telling me, listen, as you get older and get stronger, you need to develop a actual jump shot. So I was like, all right, all right. And so seventh through eighth grade, that whole summer, I work on a jump shot. But by the time that basketball season came around, I wasn't strong enough to get the ball there. I couldn't. So as much as I worked on it that summer, I went back to that one motion type shot. Again, got to work on that jump shot. You got to work on elevating over the defense. Remember, shooting has changed a lot over the decades. And so the traditional way of shooting the basketball was, it was kind of up and then out instead of now, it's up and out together, right? We're shooting the ball up, we're obviously making sure it's straight, but it's up and out together. And so with this in mind, and you have to think about who some of the better players were at this time. I mean, 90s, you're talking about Michael Jordan, the epitome of a, a beautiful, you know, rise up in somebody's space, hang in the air, hit the jump shot, right? Kobe coming right after him, Vince Carter, um, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, both great three point shooters. They get extreme height on their shot before taking the shot. so you're looking at the players that did it best and you're saying, okay, here's how we got to do it. And my dad who could really play, that's the shot that he had as well. So I'm really working hard on that. So my eighth to ninth grade year, I do get strong enough to be able to shoot a legit jump shot, however, I wasn't strong enough to shoot it from three. And I knew that. And so um, my mom saved a bunch of stats. Don't quote me on the exact stats. Um, but I think I shot like nine for 29 from three my freshman year as a, as a JV player. All right. Um, not a great three point percentage. And I didn't shoot many, right? We're playing 20 games and I only shot 29 threes. I made my living on the mid-range jump shot because That's about as far out as I could shoot. And if I could have made those twos, threes, I would have. I just wasn't strong enough to get it there yet, which is how it's going to tie back into extending shooting range as this episode continues to to get farther out. And so I shot like almost 60% from two that year. I just wasn't strong enough to shoot the jump shot that I was shooting as a freshman in high school. Now my sophomore year comes around. And by that time, I'm starting to grow a little bit and I'm ten as a sophomore, you know, probably 120 pounds or something like that. Like just nothing to me, skin and bones. Right. But I got strong enough with my, my dribble pull up, especially that I could get it there from the three point line. And I was starting to get rid of some of the, the side spin, which, which was good between my sophomore year and my junior year, I grew four inches. I went from barely dunking to like, what kind of dunk you want me to do? I can do it. And, and so athletically I exploded. My, my height grew, although it didn't look like I was a lot stronger, I got a lot stronger. And so then that high jump with that two motion jump shot was something I could easily shoot on my junior and senior year of high school. Now is that the right way to shoot? it? I'm not saying that. In fact, I think it's much more difficult to shoot accurately that way, like a Ray Allen, for example, I think of how much he had to jump and then get into that release. Now he had a maniacal work ethic. He had a beautiful looking jump shot. He did have a little bit of a left thumb flick if you watch it. Um, But I mean, just a beautiful, beautiful jump shot. But I would say that um, it was in large part because of his fantastic work ethic that he was able to master a shot Whereas players now, I feel like they've taken some of that leg out, which we'll get into as well, and work more on the fluidity of the body and the ball to get them the power to shoot it from range instead. So many times as a younger player, and you've probably heard this or even said this as a coach, use your legs, use your legs, use your legs. And I've really gotten away from that as a coach. I think it's so much more about the body and the ball moving smoothly and I I think it's so much about getting power from our hips and getting power from our arms as we shoot the basketball much more than the power that we get from our legs and that comes into shooting range which we'll get into as well and so as we as I give you a little history lesson on kind of transforming my shots I worked on changing it from that one motion to a two motion and eventually I was able to do that Through the height of my high school career. Now, as I was playing in college, I was realizing it was taking me a lot of energy to try to explode up and I could really jump. So I had a lot of height on my jump shot and then I would take the shot. And so as I'm going through, I'm saying, man, this takes a lot of energy just to shoot a jump shot. I'm seeing some of my teammates where it's like they're not even trying and it's gone. I'm also noticing that although my jump shot release is higher because I'm jumping so high. It's also taking me a little longer to get up to that spot. It's like, so I can actually get a quicker release by not jumping quite as high. So at that point, really kind of going into my junior year, I started to, to lessen the amount of height that I used on a majority of my jump shots in my threes. And it took less energy to shoot the shot from the same distance. And I think it allowed for me to be, a little more consistent. Now, do the stats show that statistically as far as how I shot it from three? No. But I think that if I would have started shooting it in a little more of that fashion throughout my entire life, um, the results might have been even even better. Percentages would have been even higher. Even so, I shot it like 40% from three during college. Pretty good. So as we get into these keys, it's important that we understand when you're looking at a player, how are they generating power, and how can they work on extending their range? Number one, keep. Keep the ball moving. So what did I just explain when I was talking about my jump shot? I was jumping up and then using a lot of arm strength to get the basketball to the rim. So the ball slowed down and possibly even stopped when I brought it up to about my eyebrow level before I took that shot. So if we want more power, you want more range, instead of stopping the ball on the way up, even if you're jumping quite a bit in the air, instead think about, can we keep the ball moving? Can you keep the ball moving? If that means not lifting off the floor as much, no problem, keep the ball moving. Think about you're throwing a baseball, you're throwing a football, you're throwing a softball, whatever that is, and halfway through your motion, you stop and then you make the rest of your throw again that ball's not gonna go as far as it. Same thing with a jump shot. If we can keep the ball moving, we're gonna be able to gain more range and power on our shot. With that in mind, it's important that our hand gets underneath the basketball. We wanna get our hand underneath the basketball so that we can shoot it up and we can shoot it straight. But with a lot of the young players, junior high players, even some high school players that I'll work with, I'll notice that because they want that power, Their hand is more so behind the ball so that they can get the power to the rim. Well, what is that? It's a push. It's not a shot. And so for any player at any level, we want to make sure that that hand is underneath the ball before it goes up and out. That's key. Number two, as far as you being able to extend range on your jump shot, your players be able to extend range on their jump shot. If we speed up the arm movement, that's going to create more power, more momentum, and we can concentrate on driving that elbow through the ball as we get up into our follow-through. Think about it this way: If I told you to jump as high as you can from a standstill position, where would you start out putting your arms, high or low? Right. Say I, I said, okay, put your hands down, kind of by your waist. And then jump as high as you can. And You sprint, you pump those arms, and you get up there. And then the next time I say, okay, I want you to do the exact same thing, except this time, put your hands next to your shoulders or your ears, and now jump as high as you can. Okay, well, clearly jumping, you know, is not just about my legs, right? Because the fact that I couldn't swing my arms had a lot to do with the power and momentum that I jump with. So, just because the basketball is in your hands doesn't mean that we can't create great range on our shot simply by keeping the ball moving and speeding up the arm movement as we concentrate on driving the elbow through the ball and making sure that our hand is underneath the ball. That's key. Tip number three, lower release point. a lower release point. Most players would generally want to have a release somewhere around eyebrow level. I get it. But let me ask you this. If you were shooting free throws, and then you shot a three, and then you shot an NBA three, and then I said, okay, go back to half court, is that release at half court going to be lower or higher than where you shot it from at the free throw line or at the three point line? It's probably going to be lower, right? it's probably gonna be lower because the higher we start to bring the basketball up, often the more it becomes the responsibility of our shoulders and just upper body strength to take that shot. So notice when I talked about keeping the ball moving, I talked to about speeding up the release of the, speeding up the movement of the shot by driving the elbow through that doesn't have anything to do with your strength so much that's that's mechanics that's movement mechanics right once we start to take the basketball up higher and higher we're really relying on much more upper body strength to be able to muscle the ball in the direction that we want which is you know when you think about who are the players that could really really do that well well the ones that we know are nba players right Even a guy like Reggie Miller, who seemed really thin, I mean, guys, six, seven, six, eight, compared to the normal human being walking around, he's going to be a strong, strong guy, right? To be able to to create that momentum with his legs, to be able to shoot the basketball. He had some thumb flick in there as well. So we, we can't always compare the best way of doing something to what an NBA player does. Chances are their body type, in the way that they're able to do things, yeah, it may work for them, but it's also probably a combination of one, they got an insane work ethic, so even if they're doing some things that may not be um, the easiest way to get it done, their work ethic is just gonna gonna blow through that wall anyway. And then body type and strength, right, F- five eight compared to six eight, uh, it's, it's probably gonna be easier for the the six eight person just body is going to be able to get it there, right? Probably not always, but probably body type has a big thing to do with it. Also think about arm length, right? Your shot may not look like someone else's shot because I'll take myself for an example. I might have a lot of the same characteristics that someone else who shoots the basketball, but I'm six, two, six, three, and I got a six, seven wingspan. Okay, we'll compare that to somebody who's six foot and they got a six foot wingspan. Guess what? Our shot's probably going to look different because I have a lot longer arms and legs compared to my, the actual height of my body. So the timing of that is going to look a little bit different as far as how you would release the basketball. And this is why, like one of the, one of the best shooting pieces of advice I ever got was from Hope College men's basketball coach, Greg Mitchell. And he was running the camp and I was down taking some notes. He was talking to some kids and he said, you're not a robot. And God didn't make you a robot. So, and he was breaking out all these keys to shooting the basketball at a high level. But he's saying, just because this is how I do it and how it looks when I shoot, doesn't mean that how is how it has to look for you. And that's golden advice. As I'm talking about these characteristics to build range. I'm not talking about how anything needs to look. I'm simply talking about the characteristics that we wanna have. So we talked about one, keeping the basketball moving. Two, we talked about speeding up the arm movement, driving our elbow through the ball. Number three, we talked about a lower release point so that when we hit a lower release point, we can rely more so on the movement of the ball with our arms the movement of our hips coming through and timing it up correctly so that when the basketball starts to get higher, then our hips and legs are able to come through. And now we have a fluid motion. We haven't wasted any power and energy on the shot. Number four, the next tip. Step in to your shots if you need to gain some extra momentum. One thing that I've noticed for players that are pretty strong they have a really good uh, foundation as far as their their base, their stance. They can easily get it there from three point range. They're usually landing approximately in the same spot that they shoot it from. right. And they could be on a standstill, not even step, not even hop, anything, just catch and pull it, right? Because they've they've one, they have the strength to be able to pull that off. And often two, the fluidity of the first three things that i talked about is so good that they don't need any extra momentum to get the basketball to the rim. But if you're working with a player who does need some of that extra oomph to generate some power, being able to move in to the shot helps create some of that momentum and power. So for example, um, if I'm spotting up at the three-point line and I'm already towed up at the three-point line, Okay, I can catch and shoot that shot. Or if I'm having trouble getting it there, I can say I say I step back to the M, where the NBA three point line, is. and as that pass comes to me, I step in to meet the ball. Maybe I'm stepping in so you know my left foot comes in as I'm catching the ball, and then my right foot quickly follows it. Or I've seen some people kind of go left foot, right foot, and then right before do that before the ball's even in their hands, and then quickly hop as they've caught it. They're a hop shooter. But those are two great ways to work on using some lateral momentum across the floor into that upward momentum that we want to create into the shot. Usually, players like that are also landing much farther in front of where they shoot. That momentum is carrying them forward. Now, this can be a little dangerous for certain players. If you say, hey, When you shoot it, just really concentrate on landing in front, land a foot in front of where you take the shot. Because now that's another variable that they have to deal with as far as, as they're taking their shot, they're literally moving forward with their shot. Some things can go wrong, right? So if we have the ability to more so say straight up and down, very little movement. And if our our body naturally lands us slightly in front of where we shoot it, cool. That's great. Use that momentum prior to the shot as you're stepping in off the dribble or off the catch to gain more power instead of doing it after you've caught it. And then you push and land in front. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't land in front. Nearly every single player does, but it's a natural landing instead of concentrating on that. So, again, four was step into the pass, use some of that momentum coming forward off the floor to create momentum going up off of the floor. Another way that we can work on this off the dribble is something that you may be familiar with and it's in our online training program, it's in the Coach's Edge membership, it's the pound to pull drill where you're in your shooting stance and you work on firing that basketball down explosively and it does a couple of great benefits. You pound that basketball down explosively, work on your right hand pound, left hand pound, And as that ball goes down and you're getting into your pickup, those hips are back and you're working on bringing the basketball up. And then as the basketball starts to get higher, now we're bringing our body and hips through into our shots. It's great for a couple of reasons. It's great because you might be a great shooter. You might be a great ball handler, but you need to practice the pickup of shooting off the dribble. You want to shoot off the dribble at a high level. So it's it's a high amount of reps. And I encourage our players to dribble that ball harder than they even would in a game to work on really being an effective pickup shooter. And then the other main benefit is, can we concentrate on keeping that ball moving? That dribble literally being a part, an extension of our body as we take the shot. Players are going to struggle with this they've never done it before because they're going to have to work on the timing of the body as the basketball comes up. And so what I mean by that is, we have our four phases of form shooting that we teach with with Kramer basketball. Phase two, we really concentrate on ball motion. Phase three, we concentrate on body motion. One of the keys that we concentrate on ball motion first is because we wanna get our players used to shooting the basketball correctly, hand placement, hand underneath the ball, working on keeping the basketball moving the entire time, And making sure that as the basketball comes up, we're not stopping it and then starting it again. Once they get that fluid movement down, because a lot of players, in my opinion, I call them lock and load shooters, they bring the basketball up, they kind of lock it, stop, and then they have to use all new energy and momentum again to power it to the basket. We don't want to do that. Right. So we work on that as phase two of our form shooting. Then we go to phase three, which is incorporating the body and the ball. So if I have the basketball around my midsection, and I'm starting to bring the basketball up, as the basketball starts to get higher, then it's time for me to unload at the hips. And if your hips are back and loaded, which is where that's your core, right? Everybody talks about core strength, core is huge for shooting. It's one of the reasons why we jump rope, we jump rope with our hips back, it's very much reincorporating shooting stance. So my hips are back, As the basketball starts to come up closer to my head area, most likely that's going to start to time out of now when I engage my hips, my hips go back to front. As my hips go back to front, now what are some of our other levers? We have the knees, we have the ankles that start to, to unload and pop up as well. So it's all about timing. And if you're not timing this together, you're going to start to have leaks as far as your power. If you're starting to time these things fluidly through this type of repetition and practice with the ball motion, with the hips and the body motion, and then understanding where does the basketball need to be in relation to when it's time for me to unload at the ankles and the knees popping through, now you're really gonna see that shooting it from three is much, much easier for your kids, okay? So I hope that that makes sense. I mean, I get fired up about this stuff. And if you've had me at a shooting camp or we've talked shooting before, you've probably heard me touch on some of these subjects. And if, if you haven't, I hope that that made sense uh, for somebody who's listening. And you know, you're know, you in Washington State or California and you're like, I don't know exactly what Steve's talking. I hope I had described it enough that you can kind of get some type of a visual. I painted some type of a picture for what we're trying to to accomplish here as far as giving your players the tools to extend their range. Now, balance is obviously key. Just like balance of the ball is your hand underneath the ball. And with hand placement, I mean, if your pointer fingers in the middle, if your middle fingers in the middle, if you're a split finger shooter, listen, if your hands coming off, you know, one of those two fingers or almost those two fingers at the same time, I'm not worried about you. You have some consistency. It needs to be coming out the center of your hand though. So we have balance with, with the ball and our hand being underneath the ball. And then we have balance with our base. And when I talk about balance with the base, what I try to tell kids is this. We want to have a stance that allows us to have great balance, but also have some pop off of the floor. And this is, again, why you know we're not robots, right? God didn't make you just like somebody else. So your stance may look slightly different than somebody else's. But we wanna be in a position where you feel like you could kind of bounce off the floor like you're jumping rope real quick. You can do that from a narrow position, but as you start to get wider and wider and wider, it becomes pretty difficult to do that. So we wanna be, be in a position where we can still kind of bounce, right? At the same time, we don't wanna get so wide where we lose that ability to bounce, but usually what have we gained? We've probably gained better balance. You put both your feet right next to each other. You're going to be able to pop. You're going to be able to bounce. But what what are you not going to have? You're not going to have great balance. If you can get those feet wide enough that you feel like you have great balance, but not so wide that you still feel like you can pop, you can be bouncy off of the floor. That's the type of width that we want to have with our shots. I hope I explained that correctly. Okay. We want to keep the ball moving. We can work on speeding the movement up of the basketball by using our arms, driving the elbow through the ball, make sure that hand's getting underneath before the ball goes up and out. We wanna make sure that if we need to extend our range, we've thought about lowering our release point, still making sure that not so low that our hand isn't behind the ball anymore. The hand needs to get under the ball, right? We have to be able to generate arc on the shot. And if our hand never gets underneath the ball, we're not creating great arc. And then four, are you able to use momentum prior to the shots, to gain some more power and explosiveness as you shoot the basketball. You make shots before you shoot it. And I'm a firm believer that a lot of players miss shots before it's even left their hand. I really believe that based on some of the things that they're doing as far as they're holding it, as far as how they're standing, as far as how they're timing the ball up with the movement of their body, you can miss plenty of shots and you haven't even taken it yet. And you know, the players that you've seen before that ball left their hand, you're like, that one's not going in. It's not going in. You can tell. We want to make sure that when our players shoot the basketball, we're giving them the tools so that they decide to dedicate themselves and put in the time, you can become a great shooter. Because let's be honest, there's a lot of things in basketball that are athleticism and size and strength related, right? It pays to be tall but anybody can become a great shooter. And if you become a great shooter, you have the ability to add great value to your team, even if you're not the tallest, even if you're not the fastest, even if you're not the strongest. And so as you start to work on that range, get better at that, we, last thing, this is the last thing. We wanna make sure that we're also concentrating on shot types. And so my, my main four shots, that players need to be able to knock down on a consistent basis. If they're a serious player, we need to be able to hit a spot up. We need to be able to hit a relocation. Relocation could be with kind of turning, like you're coming off of the screen or on a sprint, and then you open up and catch and shoot. Preferably, it's off of more of a, a slide where you're moving laterally, your feet aren't crossing, you're maintaining your line, you're with your hips to the rim the whole time, so just catch and shoot, it's gone. You don't have to worry about turning to square up. you already squared up. That's your relocation shot. And then can you hit a pull-up? And number four, can you knock down your free throws consistently? I'm convinced that if you can knock down spot-ups, relocations, a pull-up, and free throws, you can be not a good shooter, a great shooter. That's without the step-backs. That's without the side steps. That's without coming off a screen like, 100 miles an hour, like Rip Hamilton, and being able to pull it, you know, after you've gone 100 miles an hour, you stop on dime and take that shot. It's a really, really tough shot, right? Reggie Miller. those are really, really tough shots. Really, really tough shots. That's why they're the best, right? J.J. Reddick, another great example. That's why they're the best. But think of all the other great, great shooters out there. If you can knock down catch and shoots, relocations, pull-ups, and free throws, you give your, chance to sell, your a chance to be great at shooting the basketball. And then, depending on your game, you can add some of those other things that I talked about. A little wiggle off of the bounce. A little shake, a little shimmy into your jump shot. A little additional footwork on the pickup of the basketball to create more space and take it. Or if you're more of an off-ball mover, then you can add in screen reads, right? Being able to go and, and backpedal into a catch-and-shoot. Being able to hard curl into a catch-and-shoot. Being able to quick pop off of a catch and shoot, all those other things are key. But personally, and I'm not saying I'm right, I'm not saying I'm right, but I believe at this point that if you can knock down a stationary catch and shoot, a relocation, a pull up and free throws, not good, great. You can be a great player shooting the basketball. You can be a great shooting team. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found it beneficial at all, please share it, subscribe, rate, and review. That would go a really long way. Shooting is, you know, one of my, my passions, shooting the basketball growing up in in, uh, in a house at, on a dirt road. And we had, you know, a field on three sides and a woods across the street. But my grandpa came over and he put a hoop on top of the garage. And the amount of hours that I burned shooting, 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 those are still great memories that I have. It was awesome. And um, so I'm really passionate about uh, this, this subject. Um, screenshot, tag us on Twitter at Edge one um, you know, comment, a, a review, share that on, on Twitter, social media, whatever it is, that'd be appreciated. Contact at KramerBasketball.com, um, leave, leave a review and, and tell us what was something that you found beneficial about this episode or what has been one of your favorite episodes or what is a topic that you would like us to to talk about. Um, Those would be awesome as well. So thank you again for listening and as always get after today.